You are afraid to claim the mirror? The bone carver angled his head. Why? You are not afraid of it? No. A little smile. He leaned to the side. Are you frightened of it too, Resand? My mate didn't bother to answer from the hall, though he did come to lean against the threshold, crossing his arms. The carver sighed at the sight of him, the dirt and blood and wrinkled clothes, and said, Oh, I much prefer you bloodied up. Pick something else, I replied, and not a fool's errand this time. What would you give me? Riches do me no good down here. Power holds no sway over the stone. He chuckled. (laughs) What about your firstborn? A secret smile as he gestured with that small boy's hand to himself. Reese's attention slid to me. Surprise. Surprise and something deeper. More tender flickering on his face. Not just any boy, then? My cheeks heated. No, not just any boy. It is rude, Majesties, to speak when no one can hear you. I sliced a glare toward the carver. There is nothing else, then? Nothing else that won't break me if I so much as look upon it? Bring me the Ouroboros, and I am yours. You have my word. Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amber. This is a fan podcast where we discuss our current book obsession. We're going to break down chapters, characters, themes, and, let's be honest, gossip about our theories relevant to the magical, fairy-filled lands of Prithian. Just so you know, this podcast will contain spoilers and is explicit. We swear and we talk dirty. If you don't get worked up over the phrase, grab the headboard, or, hello, Farrah Darling then proceed with caution. We hope you enjoy being a part of our book club. Stay smutty. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the House of Wind Book Club with me, Hannah. And me, Amber. And things are not looking great for our friends in Prithian <laughs> right now. I'm a little worried for them, even though I know I'm what concerned. happens. I'm concerned all over again. (laughs) I have worries. (laughs) Yeah, we know what happens. So there's like that little voice of reason in the back of my head that's like, you know what happens. So you don't really have to worry. And then every other part of my brain is freaking out. A thousand percent. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) how I feel too. I'm like, Hannah, you literally know how this so far, this entire series ends. And especially this book. And I'm... I'm just dreading every roller coaster moment that happens that's coming up. Like, <laughs> I literally have, I've been listening on Audible and I stopped to where Farah goes to get the Ouroboros. I stopped. I was like, I can't, I, I like can't. emotionally cannot. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> good stuff. Oh my gosh. Oh, listeners, how are you guys? I hope it's good. Me too. We hope yeah. life is good. You've been enjoying our emo reels. Oh I've been enjoying them. 
I have so many more ideas. I spent like a half an hour last night just looking and listening to an email playlist and like brainstorming. I'm texting Hannah at like 11 p.m. Like, this would be a really great song for As. I figured you must have been listening to emo music because you texted me like seven like seven songs and characters and i was like oh amber's been researching this like she's been doing the shit out of this and i love it absolutely i'm pumped i think we yeah we definitely need to like do another like an emo round two i have so many you don't even want to know how many pops like 2000 pop songs i have for our characters too um Mainly my two, my three favorite ones being Reese, Farah, and Cassian. Yes. And I, I don't know if I've, sh- I've shared some of them with you, but I just cannot wait. Maybe. So DM us, all of you listeners. Yeah. Let, let us know what you think. Do you think we should keep riding this train of just finding songs that we think like accurately represent different characters and just doing that for our reels? Or should we go back to our old content where it's just kind of like funny blurbs mm-hmm. and we do funny things with different characters? Or should we do a combination of both or like switch them off back and forth? Yeah, like a Let mashup. Us Let us know. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. All right. <laughs> let's get into it. That was very uh, Tom from Parks and Rec. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of, Hannah. We're getting into Don't it. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Don't, Don't be suspicious. suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> like every character in this episode right now (laughs) oh man so remember for our listeners on audible you can get a whole month that's right i said a whole month free on audible (laughs) i said a whole month a whole month what (laughs) and a free title currently i'm listening to belladonna by i think it's adeline grace o m if you're ready for like spooky season feels and also a cool ass British narrator and like very if you like Wuthering Heights or Jane Eyre or just like in general like period romance but it's not like really fully that it's just so much it's it is so good listen to it that could be your first free title if you want are you listening to anything i'm not i listened so i'm on these twisted bonds which is the second book to these hollow vows Mm -hmm. um by lexi ryan and i went into it with pretty high expectations because there's like some high talk about these books and honestly they're really good i've i've really been enjoying them um especially coming off like a smut binge yeah, because those are YA, right? They're they're YA, but they're not um, they're not necessarily like Mist and Fury level spice. Mm-hmm. But they're a, they're I would say they're like Akatar, like first book level spice. Okay, so there's there's still a little there's a little spice here and there. Okay, there's a lot of like sexual tension though, which Ooh, is my, really mm, it, and it's like in the best way. Yeah, and this series has like a wild combination. There's like Akatar from Blood and Ash, all of these different kinds of a little bit of Twilight. Ooh, um, because there's kind of like a love triangle. Oh, yes. Um, so oh. there's just a lot of similar things to all the books that we like to read mm-hmm. so it's kind of like comforting it's almost a little nostalgic even though i've never read it before uh-huh it's it's good it's I a love that. i've i haven't been able to put it down so oh okay i think i think that has quickly moved up to like the next book that i'm reading it's good 
I it, think I think you'll really love it. It depends on how spicy Belladonna gets. If there's some spice in that, then my spice need will be sequestered. But if not, then I gotta read something spicy, and then <laughs> I need like a little a little spice sandwich. A if little you will. yes, yeah, yes, yeah. So that sounds amazing. I cannot wait to read that. Also, check out Belladonna. These hollow vows, all you can find on Audible, and you can get that at www.audibletrial.com slash House of Wind. Also, we recorded our Crescent City Theories Patreon episode. And we posted it. We did post it. And if you aren't on Patreon, you should check that out. We also have some other really fun episodes that are up on there. But the Crescent City Theories one... um like broke a part of my brain I think yeah and like I'm really glad people have enjoyed it so far because I was really worried like because there was so much that we talked about I was like I can't even keep this organized like in my head absolute chaos so I'm glad that people enjoyed it um if you want to watch that you definitely should there's probably some theories you've heard of maybe some theories you haven't um so yeah definitely check that out on patreon only five dollars a month whoop whoop and we appreciate everything. I mean, oh, that money goes towards good things and helps us keep doing what we want to do. So Yes. So we can keep be- being brilliant podcasters. Boop, boop. For example, I now have a microphone arm and I feel fancy as fuck. It's book. beautiful. <laughs> I'm still hunching like a heathen, but someday. We'll get you sophisticated soon. <laughs> <laughs> After the crackling audio in the last episodes, I was like, yeah, no, I need I need a mic stand. Oh, Mike. I can't do it. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, let's get into Lord. it. Let's do it. So last episode, we spent the entirety of our time in the summer court providing aid to Tarquin and his people. Moore and Farah cleaned up the keep with a combination of both their physical and their physical strength and magical powers while the Bat Boys helped out on the battlefield. We had a interesting wild ride where Farah got stuck and trapped in, t- in Reese's mind while he had a little visit with our friend Highburn. And Reese was trying to destroy whatever was dampening their powers, because when they came into this fight, it should have been quick work, right? Mm-hmm. The Bat Boys should have been able to kind of dismantle ev- anything that was happening, but they couldn't with the dampener. But surprise, Highburn wasn't actually there. He was just, like, messing with us, just hanging out to give us a little, like, haha. It was an illusion. It was an illusion. <laughs> um, and then once Highburn pieced out, the Bat Boys and Wonder Women, <laughs> as I call them. I love that. They make quick work of the rest of Highburn's soldiers. And then they attempt to make peace with Tarquin. But Tarquin is having absolutely none of it and basically tells Reese to leash his woman to mm-hmm. which reese responds she's high lady she may do whatever she likes oh hell yes mic drop i live for reese's validation and just like support of pharah mm-hmm. oh, yes king yes king <laughs> yes king <laughs> yes high lord <laughs> whatever you say we will do. whatever you say <laughs> do you see the meme i posted on our story today um, i Damon I, sh- in the bathtub. I showed it to Ben and he was like, I don't get it. And I'm like, Ben, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, like, I kind of like, I can, can guess what they're saying that mm-hmm. like the whole good girl thing. And I'm like, how do you even describe it? It's just, it's, it's like 
when you're laying in a bathtub, right? Mm-hmm. For context, the picture is <laughs> it's Damon like yeah, holding it's Damon. The- Damon Salvatore holding it. Is it like a champagne flute? It's a champagne flute Mm -hmm. laying in a bubble bath. Uh And then his his other hand, he's pouring champagne into it and just like looks like he's having the time of his life. And the champagne, there's a little phrase by the champagne that says good girl. Mm -hmm. And the champagne flute just says me. Mm -hmm. Like you're and I'm like, I don't I don't how do you describe that to someone who takes everything extremely literally? I really don't I really don't think you can like It's an emotion. It's an yeah it's a feeling you can't mm. (laughs) yeah it's hard to like put it into words i think especially for like most like heterosexual men maybe i don't know but like at least we have partners where we can say that something we like and then they're like okay like that's fine i don't get it but okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay whatever that's what gets you going (laughs) Will I get lucky if I use these words? Yes. yes. I'll yes, use you them. will. <laughs> Always. Oh, man. I, they both have just the most. Special boys. Yeah. Ben is definitely way more like logic, like hardcore logical than Riley is, but they're both like very, like that's just how their brains work. They're like, I don't. Beep, boop, beep. But I don't understand Do why. not compute. Oh, man. All right. Veering away from our personal life before I share too many details. <laughs> <laughs> only had three sips of wine Jeez. oh god okay so chapter 39 after the battle after tarquin kicks them out pharaoh returns to the illyrian camp and it's a pretty brutal scene and she's in like absolute awe of her friends and all that they're like still doing even after battle and all of them appear super exhausted, except for Reese, who he's the high lord. So he kind of has to, like, put on this role of, like, I'm okay. Everything's okay. Like, I'm alert. I'm ready. I'm ready for the next thing. And he's checking in on the wounded and, like, with the commanders. And Farah, I feel like she's almost kind of, like, inspired by him a little bit. And she's like, I can't summon this, like, appearance of ease like Reese, but I can help. And so she's, uh, like, assisting with injured soldiers, and she does it for so long that she gets so tired, and she's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit outside this tent for a second. And then she's like, then I'm just gonna, just gonna close my eyes for a second. (laughs) Then she wakes up, and she's in their tent, and Reese is next to her, and he's like, yeah, you were out for, like, three hours. (laughs) Just from sitting outside the tent. Literally fell, like, forward didn't wake us yes. <laughs> was her brain just shut off it's like the very definition of like bone tired night night <laughs> night night is right <laughs> oh my god so um she's like in the tent with reese and she kind of like opens up to him about how she doesn't know like what to feel after everything she just experienced because remember this is like her first experience with like battle and war she's done small like one-to-one one-to-three combat but never open war and reese is like yeah seems about right seems par for the course like this is normal to not know what to feel uh you just experienced a lot and like you just saw like the cost of war essentially which is very heavy so heavy 
like to then just to experience that and to then just pour yourself into like into doing something like that like to tending to wounded and like carrying around buckets of water I go on a five mile hike and I'm like okay I want to nap now yeah and especially it's not just like the physical exhaustion either it's can you imagine the mental drain of everything that she's gone through Mm -hmm. and now we're tending to screaming injured dying people Mm -hmm. and Mm. you know they must be brutalized from like high burn it's high burn you know there's probably not like clean slices and yeah and she had to kill people too a lot of people rough all all the way around so reese reese is in a in a dark place in this chapter he's like telling farah he thinks the library attacks and his encounter with the king today during the attack on summer, all of that is just Highburn taunting him because he, the library was like very personal. He knew what the library meant to Reese and the way he was teasing Reese during like the summer court attack. And this is like very clearly like terrifying to Reese. Like he is put off by this deeply and seeing how defeated Reese looks, Farah grabs him by the hand and tells him they have to move the High Lords meeting up to three days from now. They need allies like yesterday. Yeah, desperately. Yeah. Desperately. So I'm going to read from the book from what happens next because it's just absolutely beautiful. So in response to Farah saying they need to move the meeting up, Reese just says, I will. I'd never heard that tone, that quiet. And it was precisely because of it that I said, I love you. His head lifted, eyes churning. There was a time when I dreamed of hearing that, he murmured, when I never thought I'd hear it from you. He gestured to the tent, to Adriata beyond it. Our trip here was the first time I let myself hope to the stars who listen and the dreams that are answered. Oh, (laughs) I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) I get goosebumps every time I hear that quote used, like, in any part of the books. It's it's perfect. And, like, how perfect of her to, like, insert that into such a dark time. Because the characters need that. And then us as readers, like, we need that, too. True. Like, I need something happy because I'm... I'm, like, getting into my feels reading this, you know? Like, I'm worried for these people. And then you read this and you're just like... swoon i love them so this is sweet. the reason we're fighting yes yes <laughs> so true so true god it's so you know that's one of those another one of those moments of he he says i love you but resands says. <laughs> oh man so after this beautiful moment farah tells reese it's time the world knows how good kind and selfless he is and he is more than she ever even dreamed for herself and Reese naturally teases her a bit here, but Farah just goes on to say that she thinks the whole inner court, uh, inner circle needs to stop wearing their masks and just be open with the other courts. And I'm like, yes, can we finally. please? Finally. <laughs> like, I'm also over this act. And Highburn, she, she says, Highburn knows about Valaris now anyways, and being honest could gain us some allies. Quote, we go as ourselves. We go as a family. Oh my god. There's that found family again. Found family is my favorite trope. Oh, oh it's my. the best trope. It is the best trope. 
Oh, it's so good. And I love, again, like the tone is just so serious here. And like, I love that Pharaoh is just like, we can't play games anymore. Like we're talking about like our lives at this point. Like before Mm -hmm. it was fine because we were just fighting over like territories or whatever and just power in general for power's sake. But this is like, everyone's fucked if we don't like all unite. And it's so, it's so heavy. Like you can feel it. Ooh, it feels so heavy and scary. It's so scary. I'm scared. I'm so scared. Help. 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 SOS. Oh, God. SJM. I think she's taken multiple years off my life with Honestly. all of her books. Oh, that woman. That woman. It's a mastermind. Love her. Evil genius. <laughs> so, Pharaoh waits for Reese to dismiss her because of her inexperience, which, as we know, is definitely something that Tampon would do. But he agrees with her. And they also decide to continue to keep Pharaoh's powers a secret. So like, we'll be honest, but like, not all the way. To an extent. To an extent. We're not going to overdo it. We can't tell them everything. <laughs> but the, this is a good point because they don't want it to come across as like manipulative in terms of being like, we're being who we are. Oh, and also Pharaoh has like all of your powers, essentially. Yeah. And she's like, as... Powerful as Reese, and now mm-hmm. is probably like the second most powerful being. Yeah, um, they're like the literal so definition of a power us. couple. Wait, what did you just say? They're like, well, we have two of the most powerful beings, so ally with us. <laughs> right, that's our argument. Make your decision. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Majority rules. I love it. <laughs> Fuck you, Tamlin. Sit with us. <laughs> F you, Tamlin. <laughs> oh my god, yes, I love it. Oh, God. That was an unnecessary tangent. You know, that's what this podcast is. And if you don't like it, <laughs> bye. This is, we should just change the name to Unnecessary Tangents. That really should be a name for a podcast. <laughs> unnecessary Tangents. Plus, we talk about books. <laughs> so, sometimes we do. So, anyways. When we're not on an unnecessary tangent. <laughs> on oh, that unnecessary God. tangent. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Continue. So, <laughs> So they don't want it to come across as manipulative. And they're they don't want to reveal Farah's she as she calls them her stolen powers. And Reese is like, well, they were given to you, but whatever. And they basically have to present their story just right so that the other high lords don't think it's a trap. So essentially still manipulating them, but not manipulating them to their advantage, essentially. <laughs> Such a delicate dance. Yes, very and delicate. They're gonna make it seem that they don't. They don't want the high lords to think it's a trap. So they're gonna make it seem like Farah just has powers that like Reese gave her. Since she's high lady, I guess it's like expected that she would be given some of his powers. Which I like that actually. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, Farah and her powers are kind of like a deciding factor, right? Like it's either going to convince a court to ally with them or make an enemy of them. Like Butthole Baron. Butthole Baron. Yeah, you like my new nickname for him? The Great BB. The Great BB. Booty Hole Baron. (laughs) Booty Hole Baron. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Love that guy. Oh, man. Hate him. Oh, booty hole. (laughs) <laughs> it's so true though right oh my god i can't 
Yes, you can and you will. So <laughs> Reese's, Reese's eyes darken mm. and his powers rumble through the camp at the thought of anyone touching Farah because when they're talking about Baron, they know like Baron wants to kill her mm-hmm. for her powers. And this upsets Reese, clearly. And this is like the camp just kind of like quiets in response to this. And I love this. It really puts it in perspective how powerful he actually is. He's like Earth. Earth. It's like the Shania Twain song. I want to uh, something shake an earthquake in time. That's Reese. Yes. I forget all the words to that part. But yeah, that is him. He like literally can quake the earth with his rage. So again, if he ever did go full villain mode, like everyone's screwed. Yeah, we're fucked. You have it's no- like Thanos times five. <laughs> literally doesn't need. You know how much it took to get Thanos down? Yeah, he doesn't need the infinity. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. You better get three more cauldrons. <laughs> oh, my God. You need all of the uh, dread trove plus yeah. the cauldron. <laughs> then dip the dread trove in the cauldron yeah. <laughs> and then scatter it across the earth. And then maybe we stand a chance. Maybe. Maybe. So Farah then inquires about Miriam and Draken. And Reese says that Asriel's spies have found no trace of them. And he wonders, like, how the hell an entire group of people can just vanish And he openly airs his regret that he'd never created a way to communicate with them in case they needed help. Because Miriam and Draken wanted to remain hidden and forgotten. So, like, understandable, how could you create a way to communicate with them if they are supposed to be untraceable, like, fully off-grid? Yep. I respect that. Mm. I mean, it's coming up, like, coming to bite them, but I respect that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like, for sure. And understandable why they would want to just be forgotten so Farah asks if they find miriam and draken's like them and their people and vasa's army if it will even be enough against tyburn and reese tells her it'll have to be which is not very encouraging not what you want to hear and she picks up on his demeanor which is like i said overall just dark and defeated this chapter and he's just kind of like you know, slumped and not his normal charismatic self. And she kisses him and lays him onto the bed. And they have like a little tease and taunt per usual with them, which we love. And as Farah is undressing Reese, she sees a large bruise on his side where a Feybane spear, Feybane tip spear hit him, which again is just that moment of like, oh my God, like Reese can also be killed. Cause we don't feel like he can. This is just such a, like, vulnerable moment of, like... And he's also, like, no big deal. I'm fine. It got past my shield, and it, like, got me a little bit. But, like, look, it's just a bruise now. It's fine. Oh, my God. Keep. He's, like, keep doing what keep, you're... You keep going you keep where you're doing going. what you're doing, girl. Just don't forget about You're doing bruise. great. It's not even there. Do I need to <laughs> glamour like, it away? Good girl. <laughs> <laughs> my bruise might be growing, but something else is, too. <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) And in a very just so freaking heartwarming way in the middle of this near spicy moment, she gently kisses the bruise and she just kind of feels him relax underneath her. I love that. And I also love how (laughs) she kisses her way across his stomach. And as she's making her way lower down, his clothes just vanish. Gone. 
love that. Poof. And I just have to say, I hope while this has vanished, I hope all of the sweat and the dirt. Hannah, that is exactly <laughs> what mm-hmm. I thought of. But then mm-hmm. I go back to the, you can get the dirt off, but you still have like the grime, like the, the oily layer. Mm-hmm. Remember how he said that when he like oh. snapped her clean and she, and he was like, no, you should still take a bath. Oh. But then you think about like the the, the Crescent City scene. Uh-huh. You know which one I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. But you're like, that's that's kind of gross. But at the same time, you're like, it's still, it is okay. It is the human essence. Yeah, that is like the human essence, mm-hmm. right? And so many people are so like, okay, hygiene is important. We know that. Uh-huh. But you don't have to be squeaky clean you don't have to smell perfect you don't have to taste perfect because that's not real life it's not real life it's never going to be real yeah it's especially for women like things like it like things taste different throughout the month because that's just how it is exactly and that's okay and if your partner doesn't like that fuck them right they don't deserve to be down there exactly Snap, 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 <laughs> clap, clap. Agreed. I agree. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, obviously in this situation, yeah, this is hot as fuck. Now, if they were at the house of Wynn or at, you know, the townhouse and they could just pop in the bathtub real quick and be frisky in the bathtub and then, you know, <laughs> sure. But different story. Yeah, this is a different story. But yeah, that's always the first thing I think about. It's like he literally has been fighting. He, like, might even have blood. Like, there's just, like, shit all over Bloodborne him. pathogens, people. Oh, my God. They're real. I'll never not say it. Oh, my God. Wash your hands for the love of God. Okay, so. Sorry, it's our hashtag healthcare moment. All right, so. <laughs> veering away from that and back into the spice, because it's been a while since we've had any. And even though this is a fade to black moment, we're still going to appreciate it. Absolutely. So, close. I have a good imagination. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is why we are doing this. <laughs> we have great imaginations. So. Farah, the clothes have vanished, and Farah strokes him. And I love this moment of, like, pleasure and also reveling in the fact that they're both alive. Like, Reese is here for her to, like, pleasure him because he very well could not be if Hybern were there in person. (laughs) And then she proceeds to give him a blowjob. And his growls of pleasure down, uh, drown out the sounds of, like, the wounded outside. And Pharaoh worships him with her body next, attempting to drown out some of the horrors, present and future, with pleasure. And again, the balance of, like, life and death here, I think, is so beautiful and, like, artistically done by SJM. Like, it's just, I feel like you either have, I feel like that's just, like, such a natural end to seeing so much death is, like, craving something that's pleasurable and also very like life-giving you know mm-hmm. oh, i love it i love them so as they leave for valaris the next morning they can still still hear the wails and cries of the summer court oh my god it's so heartbreaking and upon arriving home nesta and amran are waiting for them and demanding to know like what the hell happened and Basically, they give Nessa and Amran a rundown, like a quick rundown. And they're basically just like, there was a war we won. <laughs> and then they confirm Varian's okay. And Amran's like, oh, my God, thank God. But like under her breath, like, okay, I don't really care. But 
Amron and Nesta. Two Amron peas and Nesta in a pod. are two peas in a pod. Although Amron, I feel like Amron would very much be like, so I care and what? Like, whereas mm-hmm. Nesta's just like, I don't care. Too cool. Yeah. I don't care. Who said I care? I've never cared. <laughs> Does it look like I care? Because I don't. As she like double middle fingers like <laughs> Cassian as he walks in. <laughs> so <laughs> I fucking love this part. I live, I live for Nesta and Cassian. I just love all all of their relationship, even the awful parts. Nessa then demands, quote, where is he? And of course, Reese has to taunt her with, who? <laughs> Turns into a little owl. And finally, she's like, Cassian. And Farah has this moment of like, huh? Because she's putting it together. She's never heard Nessa actually say Cassian. She always just says like, him or like that one. <laughs> she actually said his name and she's like, has Nessa been pacing, like, back and forth, like, waiting? Is she worried? Is that an emotion that Nesta can feel? Can she access worry? Is that in her catalog? Of, Has like, that been unlocked? Yeah. Like, Has that emotion been unlocked? <laughs> she doesn't have enough uh, EP for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, Moore and Nesta have this moment. Because Moore is just like, oh, hell no. Like, you don't get to be a bitch to Cassian and then all of a sudden be worried about him when he, like, could almost be dead. And I I agree with her here. And so Moore and Nessa have this, like, stare down. And Moore is just like, he's busy. And Farah like, wonders if Moore is being very, like, icy and impatient about this because... If you think about it, Cassian is kind of like the buffer between her and Asriel. And if Cassian is off the market and Asriel can't assume that something is going on between her and Cassian, then it's just her and Asriel. And we all know she has a lot of explaining to do to Asriel. So, a lot. A lot. So, yeah, I think I think this is a good theory on Farah's part. But I really, truly think it's just more being a good friend and being like, I love Cassian and you have been awful to him. I think so. I think so, too. And Reese kind of like, not really, but a little bit kind of reprimands more. Like, he's just like, more. And then he kind of tells her, he tells her like, okay, we got to move the meeting up with the High Lords three days from now. Pick a place. I don't give a fuck where it is. Just send out the invitations. And then more goes away. And as Amron and Nesta are leaving, Farah notices two things. Number one, Amron was wearing the ruby necklace from Varian. Oh, I love this little tidbit. It's so sweet. But it was like hiding under her shirt. Yeah, it was like underneath the layers of her shirt. And when she shifted and moved, she like saw it glinting underneath. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> I live for secret romance. And number two, her and Nesta were in the middle of a history lesson. Uh, they're not just practicing shielding anymore, guys. They're... Nessa's learning, like, the ins and outs of Prithian, I guess. And she hears Amran <laughs> reassure Nessa that Cassian has been through battle before and, like, honestly, much worse than this little tiny skirmish, I guess. And he'll be back soon. And I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. And then classic Nessa dashing my hopes and dreams saying, I don't care. She is such a brat. She's she such is a brat. such a brat. That is my my favorite word for her right now because mm-hmm. Nesta embodies that word in every way, shape, 
form. It is, she's just a brat. She's a freaking brat. And it, oh, yeah. she's really pissing me off. She's really making me mm-hmm. mad. Much more mad than she did the first go around. Every oh, yeah. time she's in, she's like a part of it, or like she goes to say something, I. <clears throat> it's like 50 50 for her at this point. That's what I don't like. It's like either be mean or be nice. Pick a side. Like, don't, you're giving everyone whiplash of like, you're worried about Cassian. Just be worried about Cassian. Even if it's not romantically for the fact that he's clearly someone that you care about on some level. Like, like these stop people being have coward. rescued you multiple times. Stop being a coward and accept your feelings. Ugh, agreed. Even if it's just platonic, like you said. Yes. This is why Frost and Starlight is my least favorite out of all of them. Because <laughs> it's just... I think I blocked that book out of my brain altogether. That book is she. She threw that. She threw it, and mm. I was like, hmm. "After, after the way this book ends, and they end, and then that happened, I was so pissed, Amber. I was mad." <laughs> so then, Farah and Reese leave, and on their way out, Farah just stops dead in her tracks, and she tells Reese, "Mind to mind, take me to the prison." Chapter forty. So to the prison we went, to none other than our pal, the bone carver. (laughs) Farah went into the cell alone initially, demanding the bone carver give them a different request. She was like, tell me something else you want, because the Ouroboros is not an option. It's not possible. I can't get it. I don't want to risk it. It's just not going to happen. So naturally, our guy, the carver, taunts her and just like, are you scared? Is your big scary high lord scared too? Big scary high lord. Oh, <laughs> what's wrong? That's the only thing I want. Hmm. Oh, I guess God. I'll just stay in here while you fight your little war. Bats his eyelashes, his beautiful little baby, baby boy, baby Reese eyelashes. And Reese enters, but he's, you know, doing his arms crossed, leaning against the doorway. Mm-hmm. Still filthy from the war. And the carver sighs and just says, oh, I much prefer you bloodied up. <laughs> we think the carver has a crush on Reese. I just think he is absolutely thirsty for any drama and chaos. Because we know the bone carver. The bone carver is very in tune with death. What happens in war so much death death. so much death Mm -hmm. i wonder if he's so powerful and so like all-knowing that he can almost like sense the battle like he knows they were just through a battle but Mm -hmm. i wonder if he can like feel and experience parts of it i like this yeah that he just or he just likes seeing reese like that i don't know could be both a little bit of both why not but then pharaoh is like no, listen, I seriously can't get you this stupid mirror. What else do you want? And the bone carver smiles secretly, and he reaches his little boyish hand out, and he goes, hmm, what about your firstborn? And just gives gives Farah like, a little wink, because he, obviously, and Farah both know that he is presenting as their firstborn. And Reese, being in the room, up until this point, Reese knows that the carver presents himself as a small child mm-hmm. to Farah, But this is the moment when Reese realized 
that it's not just any child. It is their child. Their Mm -hmm. beautiful, beautiful boy. Ultimately, the Ouroboros is the only price that will gain the alliance of the bone carver for the war. Weren't, weren't. So on the way out, the bone carver's like, where's my bone? And Reese throws him a chicken bone and said, leftover from lunch as an act of defiance. And they walk out as the bone carver is like furious. I love that. I <laughs> love chicken it. Bone. Ugh. And as they walked away in silence, they walked for a little while and then Reese broke the silence. And through the bond, he gently asked, what does he look like? How does he know it's a he? I think because Farah told him it's a little boy. Oh, that's right. That's right. She did Um, say that. You're right. Yep. And so she was like, well, let me show you. And I just imagine like the entire rest of this walk. They're not even, they don't even realize they're in the terrifying prison, right? They're like almost like exported into their own beautiful little world where they're actually like looking at their child and everything that the future has to give to them. I love that. And it just shows again how much is on the line here. The bone carver chose so beautifully to just represent everything that they want so bad. Do you think that he did that on purpose to motivate Farah? Maybe. It's a Surrey move if I've ever heard one. It is a Surrey move slash my Crescent City theory. Mm-hmm. That character's move too. Uh, quick Crescent 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 Quick, quick Crescent, Crescent City. City. <laughs> quick Crescent City. Spoilers. Flip ahead a few seconds if you haven't read it. Uh, Adis. How Adis is like helping her. Always kind of helping Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sure. like that's a very Adis move. So, anyways, mm-hmm. further. More on my theory. Um, so when they returned to the townhouse, they were starving. Obviously, they just went through hell and back, and their bodies are like, feed me. Um, have you seen Little Shop Horrors? No. Oh, my gosh. Never Is that mind. American Horror Story? No. No, it's a music. It's like an old, oh. an old musical. No. I want to say it's from like the 80s, maybe? Oh. 90s? I, I don't know. I, I may be totally off base on that, to be honest. Um. But yeah, never mind. Um, they returned to the townhouse and they were starving. And so they just went straight to the kitchen. And they found Nuala and Cardwin teaching Elaine how to make bread. Because Elaine was A, hungry. And B, was like, I want to learn how to do something. And they were there and they were all like, I just imagine this scene so like wholesome mm-hmm. because you just walk in and there's these three beautiful women just covered in flour oh yeah you know elaine's got like flour on her face somewhere yeah and- yeah and she actually looks like she's like smiling for the first time and god knows how long mm-hmm. and have you smelled what like baking bread smells mm, like like best. that smell surrounding them and yeah just you know it's warm, warm. And- yeah, yeah. oh mm. i will say Baking is a very healing thing. I often bake when I'm stressed or sad. Yeah. Baking is so... I love that Elaine, like, is into baking. And that she's friends with Noelle and Caridwin. Like... They're a perfect trio. Oh, I think they're so really, calming. really good for each other. Yeah. Oh, God. 
I love them. Mm-hmm. And so Farah's like, oh, we were, we were just leaving. We didn't need anything because she just wants that thing that's happening in the kitchen to just keep happening. Um, and, and don't disturb. Do not disturb. Do not disturb. <laughs> yeah. And so Farah, they like walk out of the kitchen and she gets like three steps out and she just leans against a wall releases like the bit like the weight of the world just came off of her shoulders and just puts her hand to her chest like again i can picture that feeling and i can feel that feeling so well mm-hmm. you know i can just imagine how utterly relieved that she, like she could probably almost cry oh yeah and reese looked at her and said that that's what i felt that's what i felt when i saw you smile the night we dined along the cedra oh and it really again it just it puts it in perspective because again we're always in pharaoh's head so when pharaoh was going through this deep dark time we were we felt that darkness. Yes. And so we didn't realize that one little smile was a huge, huge step. Mm-hmm. And now we can kind of see it from the outside looking in with Elaine and we're like, holy shit. Yeah. That's a big a deal. Win. That's yeah. a big deal. Oh, yeah. So they decided to get food somewhere else. But as they were about to leave, Reese was like hanging on to her and kind of nuzzling into her. And she was like, okay, let's go. And he wouldn't let go. (laughs) And she looked up into Reese's eyes and they were shining with the wicked light that we love so much. And we know, we know when we see that wicked light. She was not surprised one bit when he said, I think I'm hungry for something else. I owe you for last night, mate. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. And her toes are just like curling. She's like, oh and he doesn't even let her like finish her thought he winnows them up to their room and there are two plates of food waiting and he gave her the choice he said you you decide you get to decide what i consume first and she chose what we would all choose oh a thousand percent as she should Uh (laughs) uh-huh who needs actual food no never (laughs) I'll starve. I'll Never. starve for a very long time. And yeah. be okay, thank you. I will waste away <laughs> if, if I just feast on Reese. That's fine. That's fine. The next morning, Nesta and Farah share a quiet breakfast. And Nesta is obviously wondering where Cass is, but she's not voicing it. Shocking. Mm-hmm. And then asks Farah, quote, You went off into battle without a second thought. Why? And to Farrah, this is almost like a silly question because it's like second nature to her. She was like, because I had to, because people needed help. Yeah. And they didn't say, and they didn't see, (laughs) they didn't say anything else. Uh Uh-uh. And I just find that this simple, this simple question and answer right here really shows their relationship and their personalities through and through is that Farah will help anyone in need and Nesta will only really help her people. Yes. And there's there's nothing wrong with either or. I mean there are pros and cons to both, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's just 
it really shows how stark their differences are. Yeah, they could not be more different. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they're related. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Chapter 41. Over the next few days, As and More have their hands full, because naturally the High Lords didn't like More's suggestion for a meeting place, and now they can't decide on one. Are what, we shocked? What a bunch of big babies. They're just... It's just like a constant penis measuring like competition. Like it's like how I imagine if you took five male dogs on a walk, just peeing all over each other. They just have (laughs) every time we take Ruby and Rusty for a walk together. When it's just you walking both of them, you have to like hold one of them back while the other one's peeing on something because they'll just pee on each other's faces. They will mostly. Ruby will go go in without thinking about it. But yeah, the number of times I have to pull Ruby back, and I'm like, Rubyus, like. Rusty's literally peeing and you're sticking your head like right under. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like got to pee on everything to mark our territory. So no place is good enough. Of course. And then they finally decide the Don Court. And also just want to point out Under the Mountain used to be where they met, but ain't nobody going under ain't there no anymore. Ain't going there. Fuck that shit. <laughs> like, Plus it's sealed off, but. Right, exactly. It is sealed off. <laughs> but still, oh, even God. if it wasn't. Hell no. (laughs) Hell to the no, no, no. (laughs) Fool me once. Oh, God. Everyone in the inner... What? I said, fool me once, shame on you. (laughs) Fool me twice, shame on me. Shame on me. We're not going to get there. (laughs) We didn't want any remnants of Amarantha in our lives ever again. So everyone in the inner circle is going to the meeting, except Nesta and Amran. And I find it interesting that Elaine isn't even mentioned as, like, a possibility of going. I mean, I I think that kind of makes sense because Elaine A doesn't know anything. True. I mean, the entire time she's been Faye. Yeah. She's been in this like state a, in a like a bubble. Yeah. She has she has world. she doesn't know anything about the right. land. She doesn't know anything about She probably doesn't even realize there are multiple courts, to be honest. She's just like so lost. I just imagine like Elaine finally coming to and being like, "Where the fuck am I? Where am I? We're not in Kansas anymore." <laughs> oh my god, poor Elaine. Poor Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> you do love her, but she's just got some growth that she, you know, some healing and some growing to do. Agreed. So we learned that Thiessen, who is the High Lord of the Dawn Court. And Reese are on okay terms. And actually that the solar courts, dawn, day, and night, usually side together during conflict. But Helion is actually like a pretty strong ally of the night court. Helion, who is the high lord of the day court, for anyone who may not remember. And also for me to make sure I'm saying things right. Yes. (laughs) I get all these courts mixed up once we get going. So Asriel goes over to the Don goes over the Don Court layout with everyone, should this turn out to be a trap. And Pharaoh's having like this PTSD moment here where like when he's describing like how it could be a trap and like where to get out, she's back in Highburn's castle, like reliving that trap and what her friends endured there, which was like a lot. And the inner circle is now ready for the High Lord's meeting. And they're all waiting for Reese in the foyer. And the Bat Boys are in their usual armor. And the ladies are dressed regally. 
And we learn that Feyre is in her Starfall gown with what is essentially like a gauzy shoulder cape attached. And our friend Edna from The Incredibles would be Uh, so disappointed. (laughs) No capes! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like we need to use the... uh, you, you are a elastic girl. You need to put yourself together. We need to find that <laughs> clip because I bet that would apply to some kind of fun reel. We could yes. Make. I love Edna is she's the queen. She's the best part of the Incredibles. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Oh my God. She's, no the, she's the best. Oh, that's what when I had short hair, I should have went as her for Halloween. Oh my gosh. That's okay. Give it another year. I'll chop all my hair off ben again. Ben could have been elastic girl. <laughs> oh my god oh my god, god. Oh, that would be or he could be the who was it dinah guy or whatever the guy that had the cape that got sucked into like he could have been like uh-huh. worn that costume no capes and the whole night you could have went around yelling at him no capes <laughs> and we can what buy can you a do? black wig i oh. think we should be the incredibles next year for halloween oh my gosh that'd be so fun oh man so Pharaoh looks like an absolute stunning queen. She says, quote, If Resand was night triumphant, I was the star that only glowed thanks to his darkness, the light only visible because of him. Mm-mm. I love this because this is so much of like what you and I talk about of like, I think I never really fully understood that until we became friends of like, how sometimes you have to like have a little bit of darkness to really see the light, mm-hmm. like to appreciate like the good and like beautiful things that you have around you. And I just love, I love the way that she like puts this in there essentially. Like yeah, they and, balance each other out. And having those dark spots is like you say, like you're saying is, is good. Mm-hmm. It gives you perspective. Yes. Because if all you see is daylight all the time, if all you see is sunshine all the time, the night is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the night can shine light on on different things, just like it's kind of showing with those two. And it's just, uh, it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, while Farah is growing impatient with Reese because he's running late, Reese is running on his own time. Cassian... I love this. Cassian can't stop looking at Farah, and he just like she looks at him. She's like, "What?" And he's like, "You just look so official, fancy." What a dumbass! I, I love that because he's. <laughs> I feel like the most like Cassian interacts with her. She's like in her leathers, like training with him. Yes, you know, like she's and and she's, this. I feel like this is like the just the perfect example of at least how I am with a lot of my guy friends Mm -hmm. like i would say 90 percent of my guy friends like this is the kind of relationship i have with them Mm -hmm. like literally one of my guy friends at the reception said wow you look fancy (laughs) yes (laughs) and i'm like thank you thanks thanks what a great compliment wow (laughs) did you learn that all by yourself good good and i looked at him and i was like fancy that's the best you've got after all these years and he's like yeah yeah you look really nice i'm like warmer (laughs) warmer he's like you look very beautiful i'm like i hope you expand your vocabulary a little bit because he just got engaged 
And I'm like, expand your vocabulary tenfold mm-hmm. and then use the top tier yes. adjectives yes. on the wedding day, buddy. You want like- me to make a list for you? I can do it. I can make you a compile a list. Sheesh. I feel like I feel like Cassian for him, like he can only he only has that with like Nesta. I feel like if it's not like like flirting or like very sexual, I feel like he is very like awkward. Like all the times that Pharaoh like was opening up to him about like Tamlin and stuff and he's just kinda like he's so sweet and he's there for you, but he's just like this big burly warrior dude who's like It's okay. It's okay, like patting her head Gosh. like what do you need me to do? Cass is like I don't know. Maybe you all have this too, but I relate every character to like people I know in real life. Mm-hmm. And Cass is just so similar to one of my guy friends. And I just every time it's stuff like this, like not the uh-huh. romantic part because I've never been involved with him romantically, mm-hmm. but he's been one of my good friends for like almost 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And so like Cass, his like dopey, just like <laughs> when he says stupid shit, mm-hmm. this is like my guy friend that everyone like kind of like hones in on like they just pick on him because he's a, a he's an easy target b uh-huh. he takes being picked he on really well, well. Mm-hmm. and he kind of thrives in it you know he's mm-hmm. that kind of person but he just says shit like this all the time and it just like really clicked in my brain that i'm curious does everyone have a cast in their life i hope you do i hope you do everyone deserves a cast in their life a thousand percent uh, yeah he's cassian just like great friend great general companion just what a solid dude he's i'd want him as one of my best friends you what i want him as one of my best friends oh same i mean i want him as my lover number one yeah but but also yeah i think of the three of them he's like the best like friend to have Mm -hmm. he's very like he'll call you out on your bullshit but in a nice like in a fun loving way essentially Mm -hmm. like where the other two i feel like would just be they're just so a lot more withdrawn, especially Asriel. Like, I feel like Asriel, we're starting to get a little bit more of him, but he's just so quiet and withdrawn. Like, <laughs> I would have a hard time being friends with someone like that. Cause would I'm, you? I'm not like that. Would you, though? Well, I guess because I do, because Ben is like Asriel, and Ben is one of my very best friends yes. now. I guess that's true. Okay, that's a lie. I lied. Yep. Okay, I guess I can be friends, That's which is crazy. <laughs> Debunked. Which is crazy because I never would have pictured myself being friends with someone like like Ben mm-hmm. because I'm not. But that's why I said in my speech, I've learned so much from Ben about how to just slow down and like be more present and like quiet and listening. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's like the coolest thing about Ben is the more time you spend with him is like the more time you realize how important it is to just mm-hmm. listen mm-hmm. and just absorb what's happening mm-hmm. and just be present. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. It's really special. It's cool. It's a very, it's different for me because all my friends are just as like boisterous and like mm-hmm. um, extroverted like as I am, except for Riley. Riley's half and half. <laughs> yeah. But Riley does talk. Oh, like, yeah. Yes. Riley's not like He's... Riley's further on the talker, like the talk side than the yeah. listen side. Y- yes. A thousand percent. Yeah. So you get Riley, Hannah, and I in a room, and Ben doesn't won't talk for four hours. Poor Ben. Especially when we talk about our jobs, because we all have like basically the same job. Yeah. And Ben's like, do do do. Ben's like computers. <laughs> beep boop beep. Oh man. So 
where was I? Speaking of, um, what was it? Yeah, um, we're shitting on, we're making fun of Cass still. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, more is like, so, like, 500 years old and like a war general and like this badass dude. And that's the best you can come up with. Like, your complimenting skills are terrible. And this next part is my favorite. When Azriel laughs at him, Cassian's like, I don't see you spouting poetry, brother. And Az just replies, I don't need to resort to it. <laughs> Further proving that I cannot wait until we get his I his POV. Love that. Oh my god. I I full body chills. <laughs> I am obsessed. I am so excited. I want I want as I want his book to be the smuttiest book we've it we've read yet. Probably will be. Have you I, seen how each book has just well, this is nothing compared to the second one, really. But the True. There's not really a lot of which understandable. It's war. Yep. But yep, Silver Flames compared to Miss Fury is insane. Uh yeah. So I feel like she's really working us up to like top tier a shadow daddy dirty book. I need it. I need I need, I need it. it. I don't need it. I don't need, I don't need it. it. <laughs> Everything comes back to SpongeBob. Always full circle. <laughs> Always. Um, I also wanted to point out this moment because after this happens, like they're all kind of like laughing and jabbing at each other. And it's just like this rare moment lately of them all laughing and smiling, especially Asriel. Like Asriel has been super, especially since everything happened with Moore. He's been just very like, like straight laced, n- no smiles. And this is, like, the first time this truly has happened since, like, the beginning of this book. And we're, like, 40 chapters in. Oof. Yeah. So Farah, like us, is soaking in this moment. But she's also feeling awkward and wary because of the new crown that she's wearing to the meeting. And as Reese finally appears, she has a flashback to last night. She was sleeping really poorly. And Reese, like, brought her down to a room in the House of Wind. And... It's warded against anyone except Farah, Reese, and their future children. Love this. And what was inside? The family jewels! Ha 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 ha. I love this. <laughs> Do you think Amran knows that this exists? She probably knows it exists and wishes that she could get her hands on half the set. That's like there. what she does in her free time is she tries to devise a plan to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever watch uh, Phineas and Ferb? Yes. She's like Perry the Platypus. She's always on like yes. a secret side mission. <laughs> Agent P. Oh my God. Amazing. So Reese brought her to like this carved rock wall full of crowns inside this room. And the little, each little cubby that the crowns are in is illuminated by glowworms. So cool. And he just tells her, pick one. And Farah's super hesitant, but Reese tells her, quote, this is yours. Every last piece of it, which we love a good callback. This is giving a callback to when she told him every piece of my still beating heart belongs to you. Love a guy that can remember something meaningful and reincorporate. 100%. That's incredible. Absolutely. So sweet. And Farah has this moment where she compares the life that she was terrified of in Tamlin's court, like being of nobility there essentially to like being given a crown with 
with Reese in the night court. But like with Reese, she realizes it's always felt natural. Like he's crowned her before they were even like a thing. And it's just always, it's just was like fate essentially that this was going to happen. Right. And I, I love that. Like, she's like, I'm his equal. And I never was ever going to be that with Tamlin. Never. And that's why never, it felt never, never. wrong. Yeah. Back to the present. Reese descends the stairs. And I like this moment because it's like the equivalent of a, a groom seeing his bride, like, walking down the aisle, like, for the first time. Like, he has this moment, this overwhelming emotion on his face. And, like, even, like, the other people, like, turn away. Like, they kind of give them their moment. And he sees her in the crown that she picked. And the description of the crown, it's crafted of silver and diamond. And it has, like, swirls of stars and, like, different phases of the, of the moon and, like, bursting stars. It's just, like, sounds so beautiful. Yeah. I'm not a big, like, fangirl over crowns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this. Yeah, we got to find this. This. It just sounds... Like, there, there's no equivalent. It sounds very ethereal. Yes. For sure. Because anything that we would ever try to replicate, it's just, like, not nope. the same. Same with the Starfall dress. Yep. You can't, you can't do it. You can't. It's, it's, yeah. It's an otherworldly gown. Truly. You literally can't do it. But there's some people who have done pretty good jobs at trying. Yeah, that's true. There are some really pretty ones I've seen. Um, but yeah, this crown sounds amazing. And she's kind of like with the crown and her dress, Farah is the star's eternal to Reese's night triumphant. Love. And then like a bucket of ice water to douse this sweet moment. Nesta enters. Dressed in a simple but fine gown. And to everyone's shock, she tells Farah she looks beautiful and then reveals she's going to the meeting with them. (laughs) <laughs> and that's where we leave this episode. Oh, Nesta. Always um, keeping us on our toes. She, you know, she keeps it real. <laughs> she's, she's, <sighs> like, I changed my mind. I'm going. She's like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> but we'll get into next episode as to why yes. she chose that. I'm glad she did. Mm-hmm, me too. Yeah. So this episode for Big Ideas... I think we're kind of in the, like, this waiting phase Mm -hmm. because we're between a big battle and meeting with the High Lords, right? So we're kind of in this, we're back into a little bit of a preparatory phase Mm -hmm. where we're like, okay, we need to recover from what just happened, but also prepare for the next step. And it's just kind of all of these little pieces trickling and falling into place and these sweet moments that are interlaced within it that are just... It's really beautiful, and SJM does a really good job of making really intense moments and then coming back down. But even in those down moments, she creates so much depth in her writing and depth into this is really when we almost see like the most character development is like on the lull, which is, I feel like a lot of times kind of different from a lot of other books Mm -hmm. because a lot of times character development is really built on those high moments, on the on the integrity moments of war and big decisions and Mm -hmm. oh shit moments Mm -hmm. where in these books, that's the oh shit moments is you, you kind of are just like taken aback by how much shit is going on. Yeah. And 
it's not, you don't learn anything new typically about these characters. You're just kind of seeing it play out for exactly what it is. A war scene and it's intense and so you don't get lost in the depth of it. You just truly get to experience like the one track of what it is. Mm-hmm. And then down at the bottom, when we have a lull between these big moments, that's where we get like the depth of this character development and things that are overlapping and these sweet little as is laughing with everyone for the first time in 25 chapters. Love it. Love <laughs> you it. know, and Reese and Farah get a little bit of alone time and and then Nesta actually comes out of her shell a little bit and is clearly looking for Cass. I know, it's like you get these little you get these little moments and I like that she's not afraid. It's so relatable of like a character to have like a shiny moment and then kind of like backslide a little bit too. Yeah. And not every character, but like I think especially with Nessa, like I like I like that she's a little in well, it's frustrating that she's inconsistent, but I think it's kind of like a normal growth thing, right? Like when you are trying to change things about your life, which I don't really know if Nessa is at this point, but like if you have a thing that you're trying to be better at, right? Like you don't just automatically do it better all the time. You still have moments where you're like, oh shit, like I did that thing again or, you know. Very true. I could have done better or whatever. So I like that she gives, I just feel like her characters are just so real and that's why we get so frustrated with them. That's why we love them so much and all the moments when they're like being open with each other, it's just, it's so raw and beautiful that you really do get like a little slice of like their soul every time that they like divulge something. Yeah. And I really it's, like that a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's that's really lovely. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. All right. That's oh, a wrap. Boy. We did it. Can I just say, as since I've read ahead a little, things from here on out, like once the High Lord meeting starts, this, it does, nothing stops. We are pedal to the metal for the rest of this book. Yeah. Guys. Hold on tight for the next episode. The rage train is coming. Hold on tight, spider monkey. Hold on tight, spider monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah and I will uh, be doing a Twilight rewatch. It's our um, six month. We've hit our six months since we watched all of them. So we we better watch it again. We had another one of those moments where we both thought about it on the same day. So it's like, the, it is time. It is time. It's, it's time. We're we're trying to summon fall to Minnesota because it's hot as shit it's, here this week. Uh, yeah, it's kind of unreal. Yes. But. Oh, man. Well, that's <sighs> it for this week. Um, make sure next week you read chapters 42 through 44 to be prepared for our next episode. Thank you so much for choosing to be a part of our book club. Really, guys, we love you and we are so grateful for your support. For sure. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at House of Wind Pod. And also email us your theories or burning questions to House of Wind Podcast at gmail.com. All of this information can also be found in the show notes. Talk to you next week. Stay smutty. <laughs> <laughs>